I love to start out with fun things. You guys ever go to coffee shops or cafes or anything, and they have these like chalkboard signs out front. You guys have seen them? You guys, you know, I saw some of these online. These are great. Check it out. My first and maybe my favorite right now. Um, check this out. It says this. Pull it up on the screen. Is it up? No. I wish everything was as easy as getting fat. All right. I'm just saying that right now. Okay. Like, oh my gosh. Like, seriously. So um, I'm just pointing that out. I'm up at 308 now. So anyway, um, somehow or another, it's just getting easier. So uh, the next one is just like it, honestly. If you'll read this next one with me, it says uh, Pilates. Uh, go to that next one right here. Pilates, I thought you said pie and lattes, all right? Um, so you had me right there at pies and lattes, but I don't know uh, what pie, pie, Pilates is. All right. Um, could you imagine having to be the guy that comes up with this stuff every day or every week? This guy was running out of ideas, this next one here, and, uh, and, he, and he put up on there, he, it, it says, witty and thought-provoking. That's what the boss told me to write on the chalkboard, <laughs> all right? Like, I'm out, Okay. I'm out, um, for sure. But uh, this is a great one, we'll all relate to it. Uh, this next one here, it, it's letting you know that they have no Wi-Fi at their establishment. Uh, you'll need to talk to each other. Uh, call your mom, or pretend it's 1993, okay? Um, you know, and uh, that was a thing back then. We actually would sit down, uh, and then you actually looked at each other and talk, uh, you know, kind of thing. And now we, we sit down and we pull our phone out of our pocket which most of them don't fit in our pockets. You guys checking that out these days? I mean, my pockets aren't getting bigger. My behind is, but my pockets aren't, all right? But those phones keep getting bigger, and uh, half of them don't fit in your pockets to begin with. So anyway, uh, hey, we are talking in week four uh, of this uh, uh, series, Progress, Not Perfection. And, uh, and today we're talking about friendship because it's critical in our life, and yet it's difficult. Um, you know, and, uh, and so we're going to kind of, uh, you know, meander through all kinds of thoughts today when we talk about friendship um, and, and really the biblical perspective and some of our struggles and things. But uh, check this out. In, in, in the 133rd Psalm, uh, it says this in verse 1. It says, how beautiful, or it says, how, it doesn't say how beautiful. I don't know why I just said that, all right? It says, you know, golly, you guys are in for it today, man, like... <laughs> I don't even know what's about to come out, all right? So anyway, so what it says in Psalm 133, verse one, it says, how wonderful, okay? Isn't that good? It says, how wonderful and pleasant uh, it is when brothers, and that literally means close friends, live together in harmony. That's a, that's a, that's a you know, kind of just a pace setter for us, right? That word pleasant, you know, it's a, it's a word that doesn't get used often in our vocabulary anymore, Right? Uh, and, and, and yet it should. But that, then, then it closes out with that word harmony, that, that idea of living peaceful, right? Not arguing or, or, or fighting. And I feel like so much of our culture today is all about arguing and fighting. I, I feel like there's so many things that, that really derail us and aren't, aren't necessarily things that unite us. And, and, and sometimes we, we struggle with that. We, we, we bite that apple, if you will, and we chase after it, and we, we get going on things. And, and, and what, what I wanna point out is when we're talking about friendship and relationships and things, um, that's not wonderful or pleasant, right? Do you ever, ever kinda of just go backwards and redo scripture, right? Like it's not wonderful and pleasant when people can't live in harmony. 
And that's, that's the time we're living in right now. And so as, as, as people who have chosen to, to um, believe in Jesus Christ, now I get there, there's a lot of people here today, and, and maybe you've not made that decision to follow Jesus, and, and for whatever reason at this point, I pray that you will today. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about it, uh, you know, after service or whatever, you know, I, because I, I find it just to be so valuable and freeing in my own life because uh, we, we, here's what we do in, in friendships and relationships and all these kinds of things. We have become really good uh, at making assumptions about others. Like, like so I, I'm just gonna use you, me for an example because I'm a big target. I told you 308, you know. Uh, so uh, so, so here's, the, here's the deal. People would perceive and say, this guy has a lot of friends or this guy, he's always positive or, you know, He's such a nice guy. You have no idea who I am. You don't know my struggles. Right? You, you don't know the lonely uh, sense uh, uh, that I live with at times in my life just like you do. But we make perception. We make these, we, these ideas or these assumptions that people have it all together. Now, I may have a lot together, but that doesn't mean it's anything good right? Like, and what happens in life is we start, we start trying to, to identify, you know, kind of things, and, and when we really need to just be focused on, you know, who we are and the life that God has, has created us to live as, as individuals. And, and so, uh, you know, in Acts chapter 2, the early church, I think, kind of lays some cool guidelines out for us when we're talking about relationships and things. Uh, you know, when it, when it goes on, it says in verse 42, that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' uh, uh, teaching. It says all, all of them. Uh, and it says, and to fellowship, uh, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we will be partaking in the Lord's Supper uh, at the end of service today. So if you're online or whatever, uh, you know, you can make sure you have those elements ready for those uh, sitting here. They're on, they're on your chairs. Uh, but it says this, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And, and it says this, and and all the believers met together in one place. It says they, they, they shared everything they had. They, they sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. It says they worshiped together at the temple each, each day. And then, and then it kind of wraps up if you just jump down to the end. It says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I, I, I want to point out to you that when we're talking about relationships and, and, and friendships and such, that unity of cause brings people to Jesus. When, when we're unified on the things that matter, then all of, us, all, all of a sudden what happens is it matters in other people's lives. Like as a believer in Jesus Christ, like the things that you are about are, there thing, are those things that are bringing people to Jesus or actually keeping them away, right? And so before we, we, we talk about friendship and, and think about how others don't produce in the area of friendship for us, we have to first consider ourselves, right? And, and who it is that God's created us to be and how we fit in the kingdom of God, because this is kingdom stuff that we're ultimately talking about. 
Now, I imagine these guys had incredible friendships in the early church time, but that doesn't mean they didn't disagree. It didn't mean that they, they, they you know, didn't argue and things, you know, kind of thing, right? But, but today we struggle with friendships. We, we often find, find ourselves lonely, and yet uh, we're afraid of, of intimacy. And so, in, in one hand, we're, we're, we're lonely, but on the next, we're afraid of what it means to not be lonely. And so we, we have kind of a, a weird quandary going on. This is why it's so much easier to, to focus on the inadequacies of others in our lives than it is to focus on the inadequacies that we have in our own lives. This is why we ultimately need Jesus. Now, I, I didn't put this on your outline um, because I'm just really good at things like that. Um, but, but in Mark chapter three, there's a, there's a passage. Mark, just write it off to the side. Mark chapter three, right? Kevin screwed up, all right. Um, and, 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 and in verse 14, it says this, that Jesus, talking about Jesus, Jesus, he appointed the 12, those, those disciples, right? And, and it says this, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to, to, to drive out demons. Now, what I, what I love about this passage is when Jesus is calling these disciples, I mean, this is a critical time and, and, and you know, like, like this happened and then fast forward a lot of years as a result of this happening, we're here. And you now there's just a lot of things that went on in between. But, but, but I want to point out a couple of things that we focus so much on these disciples out preaching and, and having the authority and operating in the authority of Jesus. But something that we often miss in this is that he first said this. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. I think one of the critical things that we have to understand in our faith journey is that our time with Jesus has to be well spent. We can focus on preaching and, and the authority of, of, of this and that, and we can, we can be uh, Facebook theologians and all those sorts of things, but until we spend time with Jesus and realize that's our first and foremost call, then we're going to lack in the area of relationships and friendships. As a matter of fact, you can write this on your outline, is that Jesus is modeling here relational interdependence. Relational interdependence. And let me tell you one reason why you guys are lucky to be here at the 11 o'clock service is because at the nine o'clock service, I didn't even give this point, all right? Uh, yeah, and so you're just, you know, be blessed that you're here today at the 11 because now you have a, you're gonna have a complete outline today, okay? You feel better about yourselves, all right? I, I, you know, I can't, I can't keep helping you feel better about yourself by screwing up, all right? Now, check this out. We become people who somehow default to not liking people that aren't like us, right? And, and, and somehow or another, you know, uh, uh, you know we, we, we go to seed on those sorts of things, and, and we, we miss out on the idea that, that Jesus, when he, when he called us to this idea of relational interdependence, this idea that, that we are dependent upon one another. Like, better together isn't just a little slogan or, or a design on a shirt. It, it really does mean something valuable. We need each other in this process. And we need each other. And, and, and so, yes, when, when significant things go on in life, but can I just pause and, and ask, when, when in your life is something not significant happening? Right? I mean, there are things that, that happen and tragedies and things that, that happen that you know, maybe aren't planned and you know, all these kinds of things. But can I just say, can you start valuing your life as something significant? 
and realize that God has put you in the position you're in for something significant? To realize that your relationships matter and it matters the kind of friend that you are to other people? And you gotta stop focusing on what kind of friend they're not to you and what kind of friend you are to them? And there does come a time when Jesus says, knock the dust off your feet, man, right? If somebody's not gonna respond or somebody just treats you like crud all the time, like there's nothing you can do about it. You, you continue going and being who God created you to be because we can't fix everybody. Jesus has laid out the greatest example imaginable and the greatest invitation imaginable to fix us. And not everybody's received that. So you don't have to take on the responsibility of having to try and fix everybody. But you do need to take the responsibility of you. Right? Because it matters in a huge, huge way. Not only is it a struggle that we, we often, you know, uh, um, you know, don't like people that aren't like us, but the reality sometimes is we don't even like us. So what are we, what are we judging, right? Like this, this is the struggle, you know? And so check this out in, in, in Daniel chapter two. Uh, I, I, I love this story. When, when, when I was uh, given this message about friendship, this, like, for whatever reason, this, this passage is immediately what came to my mind because I love the idea that Daniel had these buddies, Right? And, and so Nebuchadnezzar, you know, is this king. He's, he's a hard-nosed dude, and, and, uh, and, and he's having these dreams, and he's wanting them interpreted, and, and, and the magicians and the folks that are supposed to interpret this stuff, I'm giving you a quick ADD synopsis, okay? All right, so hang with me. But, uh, you know, the folks that are supposed to, they, they failed, so he's going to, you know, kill them and, and, and all this. So Daniel says, I'll interpret the dream knowing that they're next anyway, right? They're, they're being held in captivity, like in Babylonian captivity. As a matter of fact, as this starts out, Daniel, it says, returned to his house, and he explained this matter. Hey, listen, uh, you know, we need to figure out this dream. You need to pray for me because we're all gonna be killed if, if we don't. Okay, that was, that was it. But he says, this, he, he explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And if you know anything about the Bible, uh, you'll, you'll be more familiar with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know why? Because those are their Babylonian names. Those are the names, those are their captivity names. These are their Hebrew names. These are the names given unto them by God. Uh, you know, now we know, we, and we're more familiar with their captivity names. And I, I find that just interesting, right? The, the, the captivity names existed as a way to help them uh, basically get accustomed to the Babylonian customs and times. I'm convinced as people that we buy in much, much easier with the devil's ploy to get us to believe things about ourselves that we're not, just like these names. And we do it without even thinking. Then all of a sudden God says something of you, that you're my child, you matter, right? You're the, key, you're the, you're the daughter and son of the king of kings, and somehow we're just like, yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like it. But then somebody speaks evil into your life and says you're you know, a piece of trash, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah I, yeah, I feel like a piece of trash, man. We don't buy into who God says we are. We buy into who the world says so often that we are, and we've got it completely backwards. So it says this, Daniel returned to the house, and he explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and, and Azariah. 
And he urged them to plead for mercy from God, from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, this dream, right? So that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, it says, they answered a prayer. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. I just love the idea that Daniel had friends to go home to. Who do you have in your life that when you say, hey, there's something serious, I need you to be praying? Now, what it doesn't say is Daniel didn't go, hey, guys, you guys know Nebuchadnezzar? This guy's a raging idiot, you know? And we hate him. We can't stand him, right? And he's making us do things we don't like to do. And he doesn't even know. He's just a crazed lunatic, He didn't say that. He just took the responsibility of being who God called him to be and he took it to his friends and said, hey, let's be praying. Let's be praying together. And so I think it matters that we have those kinds of people in our lives. Another example we find actually is in in Acts chapter four. And this is, a, this is a great story. Peter and John, man, they're out doing their thing. They're preaching. Matter of fact, you know, according to, you know, Mark 3, right, they're out preaching and they're out, you know, proclaiming the name of Jesus, and, you know, with the authority of God, just like they were called to do. But, but what we're going to find here is a really interesting correlation that goes back to that passage, too. Uh, they're out preaching. You might be familiar with the story uh, where they, they, they said, uh, you know, silver and gold we don't have right, the blind beggar, and, but that, that what we do in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right, rise up and walk, you know, the guy gets up, he's healed, and, and, and uh, the people are all upset because it's Sabbath and all these things, so they get arrested, and uh, they're in jail, you know, which is a bad day, which, right, anytime you get arrested, it's a bad day, and, uh, and, and so, the, you know, they're in jail, and, uh, you know, the, the, the leaders of the time, they're trying to figure out what to do with these guys, because they know people are believing the message that they're bringing. The leaders don't like the message. But the leaders know that people are believing this message in large groups. So they don't know what to do with these guys. If we hold them back, they're gonna create a riot. So, so what happens? The ultimately released them. And check this out, it says in, in, in Acts chapter four, verse 13, It says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. You know, Mark chapter three, right? There's that that boldness in there. It says, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. But check this out. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. (laughs) And and, And as they were freed, it goes on and says, Peter and John returned to the other believers. Can can you just put in parentheses friends? Right? Why are they friends? Why, why are we friends? Right? Because we have something in common. We, we have a work to do together. And, and it's the work of, work of Christ, right? And, 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 and so, so it says that they, they went to back to the other believers and they told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they heard the report, listen, it didn't say they celebrated. It didn't mean they took selfies and every. Could you imagine today? Like Peter and John busting, you know, they're getting freed from prison and they're like taking selfies with the guards. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, check it out, later, bro. You know, and all this stuff, right? All they did was went back to their fellow believers, their friends, and what? And they prayed. 
And in fact, I, I cut this part out, another mistake on my end, sorry, but, but it literally goes on and says this. It says that the ground shook around them. Because something big was happening when we have this common goal in mind in our relationships. They didn't go back and recount everything. They didn't go back and say, oh, no, 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 you would have, you, John said this, and Peter's like, yeah, yeah, then I stepped in, and no, 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 no. They came back and reported what the, the chief priests and all had said, and it says that they what? They, they heard the report, they believed, they lifted their voices together in prayer to God. That's what matters. They didn't come back and give their report of everything that went negative, and man, these stupid idiots, they... They threw us in jail again. This stupid government, blah, 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 right? And you know, you, like you, if you had closed your eyes for a second, you would have been like, is he reading from Facebook right now? Right? Right, because we're all, we're all Facebook theologians. Changing lives, just not for the cause of Christ. What is happening here is that there's a focus in these relationships on what matters most, and that's Jesus being preached. Can you just write this in on your outline, is that we need each other? We need relationships, we need friendships, we need people praying for us, we need a group of people that we can, we can call on at any time. Well, here's what we don't need. We, we, we don't need people who are just gonna listen to us like say the same old stupid things over and over. We need friends that'll stop us and go, I've heard, let's pray. Right? You know what I mean? Because like we can like, see here's, here's, here's my fear. My fear, my fear is that, that this, this uh, idea of friendship that God has given us Right, because he says, I no longer call you slaves or servants. You know, I call you friends, right? And, and so this idea of friendship, I think, has got kind of messed up in the idea of, uh, of, of just clicking a, a button that says like. I, I think somehow we become so reprogrammed that, that that's friendship because I liked something as opposed to having like actual conversations knee to knee, face to face. We need each other. John 17 points this out when Jesus is praying and, and, and he actually says, he says I, am, I am in them, right? And you are in me. He's praying to his father in heaven and he's talking about believers. And he says, may they, the believers, experience such perfect unity. Listen to this. May they experience such perfect unity Okay? May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Can I tell you the common cause that matters most is that those who proclaim Jesus as their savior would be so unified that people would recognize who Jesus is. For the kingdom of God for the sake of the kingdom. But we know the struggle's real, man. Life's hard, friendships are hard, relationships are hard. It's hard to break old habits. I mean, we have all these sayings, right? Right, you know? We have all these old sayings. I don't even know where they come from. Sometimes I say things, I'm like, I don't even know where that came from, man. 
Like, how, how did I not like a saying when I was a kid and then I say it as an adult? Like, how dumb is that, right? Like, what in the world, right? First Corinthians points it out this way. In, 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 uh, in, in chapter 15, verse 33, it's, it points it out this way. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, did you guys know that was actually in the Bible and not just a saying? Because see, what the world has done is the world tries to like pull these sayings, right? Like treat others the way you want to be treated, you know, this golden rule, you know, kind of like straight from God's word and then just kind of like, yeah, it's out there. It's out there with everything else. Yeah, you know, bad company corrupts. I call these common sense scriptures. Like what else did you think was gonna happen, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know you, uh, there's, a, there's a smart, real smart guy, uh, Einstein I think is his last name. And uh, if you were close to him, you knew him as Albert, all right? Uh, but, uh, but, but they say that he said this, he said stay away from negative people, they have a problem for every solution. Isn't that crazy? And sometimes when we hear things like that, like we immediately think of other people and just imagine somebody thinking about you right now, right? Like what if it's you? Like you're that person, right? Every time something comes up, it goes, yeah, but you know, the president this. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, because that, that, that matters, right? What matters is, is, is Jesus and uh and we need to start living like it. Bad company corrupts good character. Man. Proverbs 22 says this. It says, don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, man. Because I don't want to minimize like this pandemic and all these kinds of things. Because There's nothing to minimize about it. But we're, we're really concerned about pandemic when the very worst case scenario is I die and go meet Jesus. But we live here on this earth and we get infected by negative attitudes constantly and we don't protect ourselves from it. Right? Isn't that crazy? All of a sudden, man, there's no, there's no, there's no shot, there's no, there's no mask, there's no nothing. And again, I'm not minimizing, I'm simply saying, look, there are so many crazy things that are happening in our world today, and we bite into it left and right, and we don't, we don't even give it a second thought. We're in it, we're wrapped in it. And it's an infection, because the devil's the one who put it out there. And so we have to understand, like, in this process of, of friendship, like, we've got to hold one another accountable. We've got to care enough for one another to, to, to be able to speak into one another's lives. Sometimes we use phrases like, call each other out. Well, if that's the kind of relationship you have, fantastic. But I love the idea of being able to speak into one another's lives. Because when I've given somebody permission to speak into mine, they can say, Kevin, what you just said was wrong. What am I gonna do now, argue? Sometimes what you have to say is, you know what, I'm right. And I need to confess to you that what I said to you is wrong. For the common cause. And that's Jesus. We can't lose sight of what matters most in all of this. So we can't hang with angry people. Matter of fact, can we just throw this in, man, on the parenting side? It's not just TV that teaches your kids how to be disobedient. You can't just blame TV. 
You can't blame YouTube all the time. Sometimes you gotta take responsibility for who the main teacher is. Right? And it hurts. It's hard. It's hard. I'm like sarcasm king. I almost said queen. That was really weird. I'm not the queen, all right? Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden you hear it out of your kids and you're like, hey, 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 whoa, hang on a minute. Where'd they learn it from, dad? Right? So why do I need friends in my life? I need friends to call me out on things, to speak into my life things, right? It just matters in a greater, greater way. So how do, how do, we, how do we be a friend that, that God created us to be? What does it look like to have a characteristic, uh, you know, that, that, that honors God? John 15 says it this way. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. Can I just encourage you, and you can write it down, is that biblical friendship sacrifices for others. And you don't always get to choose the sacrifice. What you choose is to be there in that moment. That's that idea in Romans 12 when it says rejoice with those who rejoice, right? Mourn with those who mourn. Like we gotta celebrate with them, we gotta mourn with them. It's just, it's a big, big thing, man, that we've gotta be willing to sacrifice for one another. Proverbs 27, 17 says, says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Can I tell you that a biblical friendship makes the other person better? And so if anything matters in this, this, this uh, progress over perfection, it's like we're not looking for perfection, but are you making other people better? Is the way that you live your life, the way that you speak into other people's lives, making them better? Are you just known as the person that brings the room down? That, 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 that it could be said of you that I want nothing to do with their God because of the way you live your life. But you're quick, quick to check in on Facebook here, here you know, worship service at North Point. <laughs> what the heck? I'm not putting you down for checking in. That's great, that's cool. But can I tell you something? That how you live your life matters. You don't just get a free pass, man. Salvation doesn't get to mean, doesn't mean you just do whatever you want. And then in the end, you, you know, you meet Jesus. When a person knows Jesus as their savior, they operate different. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. All truth. Can I tell you what this world needs today is truth? But can I tell you that if you go back and read scriptures, you know, under the Roman Empire and things, it was jacked up. It was ugly. We're not living in some unprecedented time, people. Quit lying to yourself. We're just repeating history. But can I tell you, if we've learned anything from history, can I tell you that Jesus matters? And the only hope we ultimately have in life is Jesus. 
And our friendships have to mimic that. Our friendships need to show that. So we can hang out and we can do things. We can go to ball games. We can do all those things. But if, if that's all it is, then I don't think it's friendship. I think it's got to go beyond just the surface of things. And I have those relationships and you have those relationships and we might be those relationships. But we need to desire to want more. We need to be those people that fan the flame of the hope and, and the message of the gospel in other people's lives. So that, so that when, when, when people, you know, you're not always around your prayer partner, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Right? They're, they're not always right behind you. But those are some radical young people, man. I'm gonna tell you, if you go back and read about them, they're, they're nuts for Jesus. What are you nuts about? So when you die, what are they gonna say? You know, there's a poem about the dash, right? The dash between the dates. First you're born, then you die. But it's the dash in the middle that really tells the story. What's your dash telling? What'd you live for? Who'd you speak into their life about? I don't have all the answers, but I know Jesus, and he happens to know all the answers. Listen, when we get upset with God, what we're doing is we're, 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 looking at, we're, we're looking at ourselves and recognizing that we don't understand friendship because he's the ultimate sacrificial friend who made a way possible for us to have a relationship with him and eternity with him, but he's given you free choice in the matter. And we'd be angry if he didn't give us free choice and we were made to do something. Sound familiar? Or we'd be angry. We're angry at him when all of a sudden he doesn't give us free choice. Like, what, what, which way do we want? Can I just say this? What matters most is you being responsible for the life that God has entrusted to you. And you be the friend that God has called you to be one that speaks truth in love and sometimes doesn't need to speak at all with their mouth. They just need to hug. They just need to be there in person just to love. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us a hope and a future. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for not giving up on us, for helping us recognize, God, that, that you love us. You've got an incredible plan and purpose for us. That, that God, that, that we have people in our lives right now that we need to reconcile relationships with, friendships with, because we've just not been a good friend. And God, right now, as, as our minds immediately go to, yeah, but I'm not a bad friend, <laughs> God, can you just hold us accountable that we need to be the friend that you have been to us? One that loves unconditionally, one that cares so much that he's willing to sacrifice on our behalf. 